This podcast explores explicit and adult-themed content. If discussions of sex or male bondage offend you, or if you are under the age of 18, you should not continue listening to this episode or future episodes of The Bondage Gaze. By continuing to listen, you acknowledge that you are at least 18 years old and aren't offended by discussions of male bondage, sex, pornography, or other kinds of content with sexual themes. Welcome to the Bondage Gaze. I'm Nat. And I'm Sammy. And this is now our third episode of uh, your dating and kink stories. Uh, our first story uh, for this episode is Shane. When I came out as bi, you know, all that sort of stuff, and then, you know, got divorced and really kind of got into the kink scene. Um, my first boyfriend, I believe we met on Recon. And we met, and then we were, like, you know, tied him up, stuff like that. That relationship, I felt like, was almost strictly kink-based. And nothing really outside of kink fetish. And he broke up with me because apparently we did one thing one night where it was almost, I tried to react a scene that he had did because he really wanted more of the aggressive type stuff, like being overpowered, taken by surprise, which no big deal. And I guess to me, I never really thought about that in a relationship. I thought about that more of like play and not in my own relationship. And so I tried it and it just kind of got a little out of hand and a little weird. And and then he kind of became bizarre, like kind of started acting weird and wanted to be, you know, all of a sudden like breaking up with me because I apparently had to have bondage kink in my life and he didn't. I mean, it was kind of a, a piss poor excuse to break up with me, honestly. Uh, and I'm like, I don't need it in my life. So we broke up and then, you know, I'm like, screw this. I, I ended up kind of messing around with some people, tying them up, doing stuff. And then I ended up meeting a guy that I really, really, really liked. And we never did anything kink-wise, fetish-wise. And he ended up, you know, after a few weeks was like, I just want to be friends. And I was like, oh my God, like I really liked this guy. And so I was like, screw this. Like, I'm just going to, you know, become a whore. And I ended up like tying guys up and essentially having sex, a lot of them. And that's, I started kind of build a reputation almost because of this. Yeah, it's such a piss poor excuse to break up with someone for that it's a real cop-out, but at least he was able to move on and they didn't let the relationship just die a slow death. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's like, I, I feel like that's just, you know, like, unfortunately, we kind of need those experiences, like, in order for us to, like, grow as kinksters and shit, because my first boyfriend didn't dump me because of that. But I, I could tell that towards the end, it was one of the things that was, like, weighing on him. And, like, you know, like, he kind of wanted to be into it. Like, I felt like there was a little bit of ego involved of, like, you know, he, you know, because he was kind of promiscuous. So he just, like, you know, I felt like he needed needed that notch on his belt or something like to kind of do it but I think you know I think it was too much for him like I think like he he just it, you know just didn't understand it that well enough and I think it probably made him feel inadequate or something in some way because you know he's I, I don't know like him you know I feel like for somebody like him to find out that he's kind of more vanilla than somebody like it probably like yeah like it probably you know like did something to him like it, either that or just also like kind of he just thought I I was a weirdo but yeah <laughs> which is ridiculous because you shouldn't kink shame but you also shouldn't vanilla shame there's no shame in someone being kinkier than you yeah but also you deserve more than being a notch on someone's belt yeah it's like i mean because it, 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 it was interesting because it seemed i mean maybe to some element to some part of our relationship it was genuinely he was just taking an interest in me and kind of trying it and stuff but then i don't know like seeing how much it like bothered him like it was was, you know it was like a chore for him to do that and then and then also I mean on my end like it wasn't great it wasn't it wasn't great but I had zero experience before him so I took it like it and I was okay with it and I mean I was even getting kind of bored of it because you know it's just so clear that he didn't give a fuck about you know about how you know it was working or anything like that he was he just kind of you know it just became mechanical and he just did it and you know there was no like feel behind it yeah I mean that sucks 
sucks, but like you've said, so it's good you had that experience because you can grow from that pretty well. Yeah, because I mean, thinking about it, like uh, when I was like 20, there, you know, I don't know, the, the thought of like meeting up with somebody, like for them to tie me up or something like that, like wasn't a thing that like, it didn't seem like a thing, like at that age, like the only time people did shit like that was, was to fuck them. And, you know, I, I you know, I, I didn't think of anything like that. I mean, I might've, I might've been on the Bound Guys forum around that time, but still like the thought of like talking to somebody with it leading up to meeting them and playing with them, that was like so out of reach each for me like yeah as we've touched on previously you kind of feel like you have to kind of offer something up to them as well like you can fuck me but you've got to tie me up oh yeah i definitely had that a lot like i really wish when i was 18 i had the mindset i do now at 30 <laughs> like oh god i could have had so much fun especially with some of the guys that were a little bit uh, i was a little bit shy and yeah well and then i mean i also feel like i think number one where kink where kink and sexuality and sex positivity is today and that plus social media like i feel like the combination of those two things is i feel like if you were 18 today you probably would be a little bit closer to where you are now than you know than where you were when you were 18 yeah this is true things are a lot more open these days things are more open and there's and then there's such a thing as kinky social media like yeah you know there's like it's accessible like it's not you know it's it's not as far into the abyss as it kind of once was like kinky social media incognito mode Things could have been a lot better. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's, it's weird to think about that. Like, you know, because it's like, I don't feel that old, but I mean, it was a completely different ball game when I was, you know, like 18, 19, 20, you know, early 20s. Like, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, good on Shane for adopting a screw this attitude. I'm sure being a bondage whore was a lot of fun. <laughs> I mean, see, and then you just, you also just have to do that. Like, of like you know, you even if you're just experimenting, like yeah yeah i mean i was a whore but not necessarily a bondage whore i was a whore because i was trying to get bondage uh yeah that like me in grad school was like exactly that i like it, it's like i was on scruff kind of trying like trying to find people that might be into it that there's you know a possibility that it's like okay well if we're playing around you will at least you know like cover my mouth or something <laughs> yeah you know just kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel like now that i look at it yeah um, Oh, the things we did back in the day. <laughs> but, you know, that I'm sure the reputation Shane got is what helped really evolve ropes and whatnots. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then, and then I mean, that's really interesting, like of how people just, just kind of just kind of know that and then they, they just accept it. Like, you know, it's like, cause I feel like for most kinksters, we'll think, oh, my God, they're going to see, you know, they're going to see this and they're going to think I am like a psychopath or like, I don't know, or, you know, just just something that might scare them because it's like different. But I mean, it seems mostly okay. Yeah, people are getting more accepting, I think. Okay, back to Shane. Let's hear about how Shane met Blaine. I feel like a lot of the guys that I met up with did stuff with, they weren't even really vanilla for the most part. They were vanilla-ish, but they were open to the idea of it. And so, you know, we would meet through Scruff, Grinder, very little off of Recon, surprisingly. So we would talk and they were interested in being tied up and essentially sex. And so we did that. And, you know, like I said, I kind of had a horror face. I mean, it was there for a while. And then I ended up, you know, meeting Blaine. Um, and he actually got turned on by that because we were out with a mutual friend for lunch, a friend that I actually I had tied up and did stuff with. Uh, and we're out at lunch and our mutual friend's husband was there and we were talking and he's like, oh, you're the guy that likes to tie people up. And I'm like, you know this. I mean, I've been to your house after that happened and before today. And that caught his plane's attention. Like it was like Scooby-Doo and like, oh, like, you know, and later that night or the next day, we started to talk talking via Facebook. He claims to this day that I had sent him a friend request, which I do not remember to this day. I'm like, I swear it was in a drunken state that I sent this stupid request to you. Because kind of side note, we had actually met two months earlier at a bar that he used to bartend and they had laid back leather social. And I had went there after a, a human resources social event, met him that night. Loosely, he was drunk. He doesn't remember it. And I met this other guy who crazily, he was trying to take home and I ended up taking the guy home and like tying him up. 
so we knew of each other. So he knew me, but didn't know my backstory until we're at like having this lunch with our friend. And so I, maybe that was the night that I ended up sending another request and I don't remember, but we ended up talking and then kind of going on our first date. And it was the same night as a laid back leather function again. And my friend, the one who we had a mutual, our mutual friend who we went to lunch with was like, Hey, I want you to do a rope demonstration. So I like show, we show up after our quote unquote date and I didn't have a model. So I was like, surprise, like first date, like you're getting tied up in front of a bunch of leather dudes stripped down to your underwear. So I ended up doing like an arm binder on him and, you know, basically pulling the arm binder to her, like forced him over and he'd have to lick the people's boots. And he hated it like every minute. Cause when it's popped up before on like memories or something, he's like, I hated you for that. I'm like, well, now obviously didn't hate me long enough because here we are. And the next day we ended up meeting up again and I tied him up. And so he does like his first, like real, like not just, you know, little arm binder, like full on like legs tied up, stuff like that. And we fooled around and did stuff. So it really opened him up to it. And I know I talked about this before on another podcast, but he's one of those people where a lot of people think he's super, I don't want to say sexually charged, but you know, when I've told people like, oh yeah, I've tied him up. Oh, I can see him being into that. I'm like, no, he's not like he got into it because of me. So he, I feel like it's just weird because he, he still does it and he claims he only does it because of me, yada, yada. But yet he seems to be super into it when it's happening. So when he tells me that, I'm like, sure, Jan. But I feel like before him, all the people that I ever like messed around or did it with outside of getting divorced and stuff like that, I felt like all those people, they were, they were vanilla-y, but they wanted to try it and they were interested in kicking it because all the people that I tied up before then, you know, I met on recon. And so they were all mutually into fetish and kink and stuff like that. Um, I mean, yeah, it's like, I mean, anytime I hear this story, I'm always just like, I don't know, it almost sounds like, I don't know, like a, like a bondage romantic comedy fantasy or something like that. Like, um, I mean, I even wrote a story kind of around that of, I don't know, just something, you know, as, as a clothing fetishist, like I love, you know, like dress clothes and things like that. And then, so I love like the idea of like for like first dates and things like that, where things are a little bit more formal, you might do something a little fancier, you might, so you might dress a little nicer or something something like that. And then for something bondage related to kind of happen, you know, some, you know, somewhere around that point. Um, well, you know, so uh, with things like that. So yeah, it's like, so I always thought of, you know, the thought of, you know, barely dating somebody and like on a first or second date, like one of you getting tied up or something, you know, it's such like a vulnerable moment. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's such like a vulnerable moment that involves all of this. And then, yeah. And then bondage kind of gets thrown in there. I never really thought of this story as a rom-com, but it could work. <laughs> It'd be an interesting story told from Blaine's perspective. Yeah. Like, here's this bondage guy. There's conflict because he gets roped in, pun intended, kind of, to this demonstration. But, you know, I never get tired of hearing how those two cuties met. And the fact that a somewhat vanilla dude could be so nonchalant about it, oh yeah, this is the dude who tied you up, really means that we should all adopt that same attitude. Yeah, like, I like to be tied and gagged, so the fuck what? Yeah, it's like, I mean, that's something that's really interesting of, like, somebody who's not personally into it, and like, I don't know, and then I guess, like, doesn't who, like, I don't know, yeah, like, sees that and doesn't freak out, and just kind of, you know, I guess, kind of you know, got to experiment with, you know, I don't know if he ever has been tied up, for this or anything um but yeah it's like kind of got to experiment with it and then i mean it also it also seems like they're i don't know it kind of seems like blaine is also exploring his own kind of kinks and you know things that are a little out of the ordinary yeah and that laid back leather function definitely was a sink or swim moment <laughs> shane must have been fucking oozing charisma that day because i know if i were in blaine's position even as a kinkster i don't think i would have been as forgiving for being thrown into that position <laughs> What do you think? Even though he's not into it, I feel like there's something he probably liked about just like the like the dominance of it and the, you know, like somebody taking charge and, you know, like just the masculinity kind of attributed to that. Like I, I feel like on some kind of level, that might have been something that, that that he kind of enjoyed out of it. Like even though he didn't enjoy the specific things that were happening, he just kind of liked that, you know, I don't know, that he was just kind of bold enough to kind of do that to him like so early on. 
and and it's funny because it's like i don't know if the relationship is necessarily that kind of dynamic like but yeah it's like i don't know i feel like it's i i yeah it's like i feel like it's interesting just to kind of see i don't know how you know that's still kind of a first impression and then it's still somewhat like worked like yeah i guess if you're extroverted and body confident see in my case the bondage part obviously doesn't bother me at all it's the strip down to your underwear part that i'm like no oh red flag well not a red flag but yeah not not for me like i'm too body conscious the bondage and the boot licking i'll do that in the crowd yeah but you asked me to show my bare stomach and you've crossed a line <laughs> yeah yeah it's like i feel like i mean because it seems like that's just a kind of that kind of bar gay bar setting of where you know guys walk around in jock straps and shit and so i guess it was kind of going along with that sort of thing but yeah it's like like i'm not that self-conscious of my body but i still don't really like showing my body that much i don't really like being like naked well i'm growing to being more accepting i mean i'm trying to get rid of the flab so that naturally happens but even at my last eagle event i was shirtless in a harness but this is club lighting this you can't really see much but if i had to be on stage like that oh i don't think i could do it (laughs) i know yeah it's like like on just because i i'm assuming it was just like a regular bar setting like where people are just kind of sitting around and drinking and kind of talking and stuff like that so yeah like it wasn't yeah like it wasn't like a club setting where like everybody is like half naked and it's like super crowded so you can't even you know your range of sight is very limited yeah like yeah anyway let's go back to shane it's interesting because like I will meet I don't meet people on Grinder anymore, especially for the website because it just became like so super, you know, toxic and too aggressive. And I'm like, beep this. But when I meet people on Scruff, automatically they want to make it sexual. Like, oh yeah, you can tie me up and you can fuck me. And I'm like, mm. no, I'm really only on here to find people for the website. Like, you know, maybe something will happen where you'll get tied up and my boyfriend and stuff will get involved. But for the most part, it's a lot of people because I've met them on apps like Scruff it's it, they try to make it more sexual and into it uh, when it comes to recon that's not as much because everyone knows what recon is for but um yeah so it's it's one of those scenes where definitely since dating <laughs> it's definitely went downhill and obviously a lot of the individuals i tie up now i mean they they know it's mostly for the website and that nothing sexual is going to come out of it you know you obviously get some of those people who want to push it but i almost feel like that in itself has kind of become super sexual in itself where the idea idea of being tied up and on display kind of gets them like turned on so it, it's it is sexual in a different aspect for them because a lot of them like when they submit their model inquiries it's like you know just the idea of being helpless like really turns me on and all this sort of stuff and they're like I've, you know i've never done something like this before um it's my first time and so that's always kind of fun because it's like so many people realize how sexual bondage can be when it's not intended to be sexual uh if that makes sense it's like people think that oh you're gonna get tied up and you know you're gonna get fucked and you're gonna get jerked off and that doesn't necessarily have to be the case i mean 90 percent of the time some sort of jerking off ends up happening but i think it's the fact that like they think that like you know oh my god like i'm being turned on because i'm helpless and i'm at the mercy of someone and that's always kind of fun and that's always exciting that's what i think i really enjoy especially about doing the website is because it's like you get to help expose these people to it and if they are are kind of vanilla but they've always been interested in trying it but they're afraid or they don't know anyone or they don't trust anyone and so you get to build that trust with them and to them I think it is a kind of a sexual thing because you've built that trust like you would in a relationship and then they're turned on because like oh my god I trust someone in this and I'm helpless and I'm vulnerable and I didn't realize how much I like being vulnerable and at the mercy of someone else uh, and I think that's always super super hot and super attractive too to see those kind of people who are vanilla actually become you know so diluted and vanilla like so non-vanilla and I think a lot of people have that in them and they it's under there it's under the surface they're just afraid to try it or afraid to experience it because they're afraid that they're going to be you know labeled as a deviant or labeled as something worse you know and it's like there's nothing wrong with exploring your sexual side and your bond and your kinks and your fetishes I think that's super healthy and it needs to be normalized you know why does vanilla have to be the normal but at the website too we look at the vanilla as the weird ones out and when they look at us as the weird ones out so i think it definitely is something that needs to be normal
normalized and is starting to become a little bit more normal. And you will see, especially if you're on scruff, you will see a lot more people who have what interests me, like they'll have fetish in there um, or they'll have like hashtag kink, hashtag whatever in their hashtag area. And so I think I've seen that you're seeing that a lot more because I think it is starting to become normalized and starting to become okay and regular to be those type of people. And I think that is one of those things too, where it's like, you kind of want to make it sexual for them, you know, to somewhat appease them. Cause I feel like it is kind of a balance where it's like, you're getting something out of it by tying them up, but you want them to get something out of it. And, you know, even I think that's kind of the fun part too, is like, you know, jerking them off or teasing them, edging them. It gives them this sort of like, it really enhances that vulnerability where it's like, Hey, if I can do this to you, I literally could make you my bitch if I really, really wanted to. Now that's definitely crossing the consent threshold. But of course, I guess, you know, if they're really wanting it and, you know, begging for it, I mean, but I think that's what's kind of fun too about it is doing that. And I think it's especially been something with the website where I've been very mindful of, you know, because when I talk to, to potential models, I'm always, you know, what is your comfort level? Like it's based off of your comfort level. I'm not going to violate you. Like if you're not comfortable getting touched, stuff like that, totally cool. And a lot of the times it's really surprising how many of them say they don't want to. And then we get into the scene and then they, they want to be sexualized. They want to be vulnerable. That like essentially gets them like aroused. And so it's especially surprising when they're, when they're those people who are like, oh my God, it's my first time. I've never done anything like this. And then it's like, you're a lot more advanced than you think you are, or you're a lot more comfortable than you think you are. So that's always fun. I mean, this kind of reminds me of uh, what I brought up with when I moved to Chicago. And, you know, there's like a bunch of people that like, you know, most of the gays here seem kink friendly, but of course not all of them are, you know, complete kinksters. And they, you know, they just kind of see that they're open-minded and they're willing to try it usually just to be a sub. And yeah, it's like, and then so, I mean, that's what this, I don't know, kind of reminded me of because there's also just kind of that tip for tack, like kind of thing of like, okay, well, if I let you tie me up, then you know then I'm basically entitled to sex or you know something kind of like that of like you know like there has to be something sexual like with it because that's that's what they're in for if you come across that issue guys here is what you do if the guys are going to insist on being tied up and fucked what you do is you tie them up and then you dump them in the woods now you're fucked (laughs) that was a joke please never never do that to someone We'll see. And then, yeah, it's like, and then, and, and, and I mean, the worst part for me was when I wanted to get dominated. And so it was vanilla guys volunteering to tie me up, but like, if they could fuck me. And it's like, I kind of feel like that as much as I wanted to get dominated at the time, like, I'm like, that would have been worse. Like, I don't know, just because... I don't know, it, it's at least a little bit easier to top when you're not really that into that than, at, at least for me, than to bottom, like. Yeah, see, I know I said that before, I wish I'd have had a different mindset, but I'm quite the nymphomaniac. So I would be okay, I mean, now I know, because I'm married, but as a, when I was a single person, I'd still be okay with it, like letting someone fuck me in exchange for bondage, yeah. but it would have to be fucking good bondage. <laughs> the problem was it was always kind of, it was always sex for lackluster bondage. Yeah. Which wasn't these guys' fault. They weren't really experienced. Yeah, I I feel like that would have been another bridge I would have had to have crossed. Like if I, yeah, it's like, I mean, I wasn't even thinking that far ahead, but I wasn't even thinking that far ahead with it. But yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure it would have been, yeah, like, like half-assed bondage. Like, yeah, it's like even just thinking about like with, with my ex who, you know, tried bondage with me of just how, how bad it was because he just didn't get it. Like he didn't understand, you know, the things I liked about it he didn't he didn't have the patience or anything you you know or the interest in like trying to role play or you know really doing anything like that so it's like yeah it's like i mean so it's like that's kind of what i imagine in those kinds of situations of somebody who's never done this before and they're just kind of like like whatever just going through the motions with it yeah gotta hate how how you say going through the motions because every time it makes me think of the buffy song going (laughs) through the motions every time someone says it i'm like god i need to stop that so Shane says 90% of the time there's some jerking off involved. Man, I'm getting screwed. The wrong kind of screwed. (laughs) Actually, we have been doing more jerking offs than normal in our sessions, but I don't know if it would be 90%. When we're filming, it's not that often. Well, usually what will happen is after we film, if I feel up for it, I might say, like, keep the camera running, untie one of my hands and I'll jerk off. That's probably about one in every three or four. Yeah. Recreationally, usually I will come. Okay, he has jerked me off the last couple of times. I'll give him that. 
Usually I don't come till I get loose, but it's been okay. Uh, last time I wanted him to give me his stick. Oh. And he wouldn't do it. He was going to, and then, oh, that's right, because the tape, he got the tape off to give me dick. Yeah. Gave me water. But the tape, it was, for some reason, it fucking really stuck down, and it was fucking bitch to get off oh wow. so it did kind of kill the mood a bit for him anyway i was still keen to go but and he, he ended up giving me water and regagging me which is hot in itself but i wanted some dick first <laughs> the best way to suck dick is when you're hogtied it's just such a hot position you're got your hands tied behind your back legs joined to your hands and you've got someone sitting there and your head is just resting in their lap <laughs> i'm like i haven't tried that but yeah i'm like i should give it a go it's very hot <laughs> yeah it's like i don't know it's interesting when you play more often because then that's when i guess you probably get off not a, you know you know like you don't get off every time you play and then well and then also thinking of like when you're doing a shoot of like i i just can't actually be turned on like well i mean i've i've only done one shoot before um for uh ropes and whatnots but like i don't know i felt like things were so fast that like i couldn't get my mind into it enough to like actually get turned on <laughs> when when storage gimp was tied up he got hard like immediately like <laughs> i think just getting tied up gets him there but for me it's like no like uh, it, it's like i i kind of wish i was a little bit more turned on but yeah like everything just feels so so immediate and you know i'm kind of in a different headspace and i'm not really thinking to get turned on like yeah i mean it's something that i think you just have to get used to yeah okay i have a story and i've told a couple of people this story so if i have told this on the show before i apologize it's a recent story so if I did, it would have been last week. But the other day I decided I was going to film myself having a jerk off for OnlyFans. And honestly, it was working okay. So I had my dick in my hand. I had my camera in my other hand. And I visually, it was the best fucking orgasm I'd ever had. Like I shot nicely. And because I have foreskin, it doesn't normally shoot that well. But yeah, it shot out nicely. It looked amazing. The load was decent. Somehow the fucking phone stopped filming about a minute before I came. So I didn't get any of it on camera, like any of the orgasm. I was so disappointed, but I thought, hey, I'm just going to try it again tomorrow. And I guess I was worried with how it would turn out. And also because I had to wait before I could film it because I had allergies and didn't want to look all puffy on camera, but I was so horny. So I was edging myself for about an hour. And then I got to the point where it's time to film and I came in a fucking minute or a minute and a half. So I haven't posted either of those videos yet. I'm thinking maybe I can combine the two as one, because I think I was wearing the same clothes for both and had the same gag, but I don't know. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, it's like, I I mean, that must suck. Like, especially for, you know, because I don't know, for something natural like that, they can't control how how you come or how much you come or something. Yeah. But it's just kind of like, you, if you don't get the shot, then you're never going to get that shot. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, because you don't know what tomorrow's or your climax is going to look like tomorrow. And, yeah yeah i mean hey i got two orgasms out of it it was just one didn't get captured one happened too quickly so i mean i'm a winner out of that but the content kind of sucks and people are going to think i'm two seconds sammy <laughs> all right who wants to hear about some foot play with Blaine, I feel like it has been surprising on kind of what he's opened up to. You know, the whole foot fetish thing. He's more like, even last night, we were like laying on the couch watching something on Netflix. And he like puts his foot in my face and he's like, lick it. And I'm just like, I really just didn't want to. But he's like, he won't never like being, you know, super drama queen. Like, ah, he never wants to. I'm like, I look like worked at your feet this morning. What the hell are you talking about? Like, okay. Um, but it's like more like that. Like he's gotten very comfortable with that. Just opening up more to the idea of fetish like he's i think he has a thing for pits because more and more like he'll smell my pits so it's kind of cute i guess i want to say like that's his thing because again for someone who everyone thinks is so superly over the top sexual and charged and into anything he's not but he's he kind of does like weird random things like hey i want you to worship my feet or just start smelling my pits and stuff like that so i think that's kind of endearing and cute with him because he's definitely opening up you know five years later um it's like he's opening up um i cracked that walnut slightly and it's now happening but when it comes to other people i think my big thing especially when it comes to like even the website is how many people see how much they get into it you know they want to 
try it out. And then they really get into it. And then we'll be done with the session. And we're like, man, that I got into it more than I thought. Or I'll have people reach out to me and be like, when are you going to time me up again? When do I get to model again? And it's just like, she's a needy one now. But that's what was kind of fun because it's like you almost unleashed this inner part to them. And they've come to terms with it and they like it. And they're no longer ashamed. It really turned them on. And that's always kind of fun to help people discover that. And that's something I really do like about this is because they never thought they would really get into it. I mean, I really, I cannot tell you how surprised I get by how many people will reach out to me after they've modeled and like ask again, like, when are they going to model? When can we model? Like, when can we meet? I want to get tied up again. You know, that's just, it's super exciting. Or even then I'll have people who'll reach out to me and be like, you know, of course, like via scruff or whatever, or even recon and be like, hey, you know, you want to tie me up? And I'm like, well, really the only bondage I do anymore is for the website. And so then they're not keen on it, but then they're like, well, I really want to get tied up. So I'll just like end up modeling too. So it's like, oh, okay. So that's kind of like surprising to me how many people, especially when it comes to bondage, I don't want to say they're thirsty, but they are thirsty for it, you know, because it's even like, I never would have thought I'd model, but hell yeah, I'll model. To me, that kind of just spurts this, this thought of like, first off, man, that was super easy <laughs> to, to get them, but it intrigues me to find out like why, like a lot of them will even say, well, I never thought about it, but I'm not opposed to it. And then it ends up becoming, okay, I want to do it. And it's like, wow, like, again, it didn't take a lot of convincing, but what, what really enticed you to want to do that? And I think that's what always surprises me too. How many people are, especially who's never done it before, who number one, want to do it or try it. And then they'll, their first time will be for a website. Then they turn around like, I want to do it again. I want to do it again. So that's always what intrigues me. How many people end up being into it? They just wanted to try it out or, you know, give it the old college try. And they end up really loving it. That especially surprises me. It's a good testimonial for Shane and for Ropes and whatnot that these guys all want to keep coming back. I mean, the fact that most of the guys that he ties up don't really seek it out. Like they're, you know, most of them are, well, he says vanilla or vanilla-ish, like, you know, because they're they're not like the rest of us who actively look for that kind of shit. But yeah, but I guess they're guys that will just sort of put up with it. And then, and then, and then like he said, like guys who don't even want to model, but then he's like, okay, well, I'm doing this like for, you know, to, take pictures and shit for my website and then they're just kind of like okay well whatever like i want to get tied up so i guess i'll be a model (laughs) yeah there's the hot scoop guys get yourself a guy that puts up with it (laughs) i mean isn't that what a fucking relationship is find yourself someone that puts up with your shit I know, yeah. It's like, and then I mean, this even kind of brings me to the uh, to the foot worship thing. There, like, first of all, I I don't know. I find it. I find something really sweet about like how it sounds almost like a routine thing that he's gonna like, you know, that, that he's gonna worship, like, you know, worship Blaine's feet at like some point. Like, I don't know, like, cause it, like when he talks about Blaine saying, um, you know, like telling him to worship his feet, and how, oh, and then when he said no because he wasn't in the mood, and then and then but he said it's like, but I, you know, but I foot worship you earlier this morning like so it just sounded like so kind of matter of fact of like you know like something he probably normally does like oh yeah look it's very cute that blaine has gotten into the foot worship side i'm not sure if that's because he likes it or he's just doing it for shane yeah and i make it (laughs) blaine may hunt me down for saying this but i think that dude is well on his way to becoming a fully fledged kinkster (laughs) he'll have his own kinkstagram in no time (laughs) and we welcome you come join us blaine but yeah it's like and then it's it's interesting as somebody who i mean i don't have a foot fetish like i don't have any kind of interest in that but yeah it's like i don't know it's it's funny how when when i knew that we were gonna do the shoot and i knew that you know that he's in defeat like i did kind of you know i paid a little bit more attention to like you know the maintenance of my feet like so they weren't like all like ashy and shit and yeah it's like i i don't know like i i was like okay well i'm pretty sure my feet are gonna be shown on you know in the shoot i'm sure at some point i like i don't know and then yeah and then he i mean he did for anytime we did a shoot with bare feet he it seemed like a kind of routine that he would kind of um worship the feet for a little bit like uh, i love that <laughs> and it's interesting from the sub standpoint of that like
like, I don't know, it's, it's interesting, because it's like, I myself don't have that interest or that inclination, you know, to do that. But it's like, I don't know, but to see somebody else just kind of doing that. And yeah, like, I don't know, I, I, I like it. Yeah, look, I'm not really for foot worship either. But if I was tied up, and someone did that, it's definitely on the list of things that I wouldn't go for. But if I was tied up, and someone did it to me, oh, yeah, fucking oath, I'm down for that. <laughs> like, um, with one guy that I played with, like an, an older guy, like he never said anything about being into feet or socks or anything and then and then like but once he tied me up like he he just like took off one shoe and one sock for me and it it, it wasn't you know like it like I was okay with it but I just didn't see it coming like I was just like oh okay <laughs> like I didn't know he likes feet like it's an interesting surprise I guess yeah I, I almost wonder if he if he didn't tell me so I could be like a little surprised like when you know when, when, when he took my shoe off like maybe he like was deliberately not gonna tell me he was gonna do that just you know just to make it like a little bit more you know like a surprise like get it see how i react to it maybe <laughs> you never know and the pits oh i definitely get that it is really hot on the right guy <laughs> even brandon when he's got a bit of male musk i'm not gonna say bo not quite bo but there's just that kind of it's it's like it's like a pheromone yeah like there's that manly scent oh yes please <laughs> on a totally unrelated note the two combined smells i love on a guy beer and cologne oh. you smell a guy after a night out and they just stink of beer and cologne yes like take me see it's like that's another thing like that's definitely a masculinity thing like yeah both beer and cologne like and i mean once again i don't have a sense of smell so i have none of my own frame of reference for this but i mean yeah it's like like whatever guys do enjoy my odor in any either in my underwear or my pits or my chest or something like they say like I, it's like i they say that i smell really masculine and like really like like musky and yeah and it's like i can't fully understand that like of what exactly that that is or you know how, what that sensation is but yeah like i don't know i guess i guess i appreciate that people apparently like how i smell yeah that's really good sorry I forgot well I'm talking about smells that you can't relate but you can yeah, I mean you can relate from experience you can't relate from the scent yeah. I know well it's funny with guys who have like wanted to, to torture me with smell like and it's like well it's not gonna work like oh so when I was tied up the other night Brandon shoved one of my dirty shoes on my face because right, that's been we've had a lot of wet weather it has that kind of wet muskiness yeah but here's the weird thing he shoved it on my face it's kind of had that wet smell as soon as he started like taping it to my face it was like the smell vanished I don't know. Whenever a shoe's taped to my face, it doesn't really smell. It's weird. Uh, I wonder. I wonder if it does something to your sinuses, like when it does that. Like if it like pushes them and maybe. Like I don't know. If you don't have the ability to smell, or yeah, like that's that's interesting. I do have a lot of sinus issues. So yeah, maybe I was thinking maybe because it's just more opened up, it gives a bit of ventilation, or I just get used to it. There was one time I noticed the odor when it was taped to my face, and that was in my bedtime mummification video. And he started tickling me, so I was having to breathe in. But any other time, it just, it doesn't smell. Wow. I wonder if it has to do with your nerves or something. Like, I don't know. I've kind of given up trying to figure out why things work. <laughs> Honestly, bondage sessions are like our podcast. One, you fix one thing, another issue comes up. <laughs> I've been taking antihistamines and it still doesn't help. Anyway, what can you do? You just have to try and make the most of it. Now, guys, this is going to be a bit of a recurring theme, but Shane has some words of encouragement for you all. Explore your kink side. Don't be afraid to explore it. You're not a deviant for wanting to be experimental. I mean, it's healthy. Uh, and a lot of people are into it. We're, we're an underground crew, but <laughs> eventually the rock gets lifted and we come crawling out. No, explore it. I cannot emphasize it enough. Explore it. Don't be afraid to explore it. First off, find someone you super trust and is trustworthy and will not ruin it because that can definitely turn you off from it. But don't be afraid. It's healthy. It's natural. And it might open the door for so many other themes. It was weird because when I first started really discovering bondage as a child, you know, I like feet. And so like seeing tied up feet especially would turn me on. And then it was like down the road, I kind of just started seeing like, oh, I like feet not tied up as well. I'm starting to discover like just like bling, like I like pit smell and I like stuff like that. Like I like the musk, the manliness, like all that sort of stuff. I think you'll you'll open up different areas. And even if it's something you don't, you try and you don't like, you might open up something else that you might like. You just never know. It doesn't hurt to try. 
Couldn't have put it better myself. Don't be afraid to try almost anything. I mean, we all have our hard limits and those should be respected, but there are minor things that I'm sure we'd all like to try, but just don't know how to take that step. So just do it. As long as it's, as long as you can do it safely, just do it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Cause I feel like a big part of just being a kinkster is like kind of needing that validation of like, you know, kind of seeing other people doing it, learning from other people of, you know, they might be into the same things as you but you know maybe something slightly different and then so yeah it's like so with that little bit you know they could easily introduce you to something that you probably haven't tried before and then you know you're just kind of ever evolving as a kingster because it's like okay well i haven't done this before but then this person kind of you know tried it with me and then now i kind of like it and then you know and then you probably introduce other things to other people you play with and it's yeah it's like i don't know it's just like an interesting kind of network to have and yeah and then i mean it's also just a big thing to just feel comfortable to be yourself. I mean, I feel like most of my 20s were wasted because I spent a lot of them not really, you know, not really wanting to try to find other people thinking that, okay, well, I'm just not going to find other people that are like me or at least who are close by because I just lived in small shitty towns for a lot of my life. So there weren't a lot of nearby kinksters to find and, you know, it's just difficult to travel and all of that. So yeah, I think a lot of people really need to hear that. Oh, yeah. I mean, we all kind of wasted our 20s or early 20s but we've heard several kinksters saying they've managed to not convert but they've managed to get people to get into being tied up by trying it with them just remember just because we're kinksters doesn't mean the things we like are absolute ours can we can adapt we can try new things and learn to love new things as well yeah it's like and then i think like even if a vanilla isn't into kink i feel like at least giving him a taste of it i feel like that you know could be like a big learning sort of experience for them like you know even if they don't like it it's still just kind of like oh well you know I was kind of curious about this and I at least tried it and you know maybe I'll be willing to try you know the next kind of alternative thing that comes up you know with my next sexual partner or something like maybe I'd at least just have that experience behind me that I don't know if it comes up again it's like oh yeah I've been tied up like you know I I kind of know how that is and yeah oh look on one hand I think it's something people should definitely try but then there would be some people who are staunchly against it and they're like 100% no that's not for them and that's okay but if there's that gray area where you're like oh, I've never tried it I'm not I'm not interested but I'm not against it why not give it a go with anything yeah. all right guys our next story is from our resident pop star Chris also known as the boy wonder band Vanilla guys responding to my fetish has kind of been different for every guy. So like sometimes there will be the guys who are like, I'm not super into it, but like, I'll try it. And then there's the guys who are like, whoa, that's like weird. And it all depends on the fetish too. Like I'll talk about bondage and then they'll be like, oh yeah, like I've seen some stuff. I love Fifty Shades of Grey and that's so immediately red flag. Or then I'll talk about puppy play or something and then they'll just kind of be like, why do you identify as a dog? So like it really, it depends on the guy, it depends on the fetish. <laughs> So when guys who aren't necessarily into bondage try bondage with me, it almost never fails to fail, if that makes sense. Because like they'll try rope work or something and they just, they won't get the knots right. They'll like give up halfway or like even if they try to be a little bit aggressive, it doesn't necessarily come naturally to them. So that when they're in like that hot and heavy state, it's like the last thing on their mind. And so it completely just feels like a fish out of water situation, which then makes me feel like it's a fish out of water situation and it's, it's a recipe for disaster. I think what convinces them to try it if slash when they do try it is probably they're most likely doing it because they're like, okay, we'll see if we can like fake it till we make it because they want to like try something with me, but then it just doesn't work out. So I guess this really taught me to appreciate vanilla stuff. Like I don't always have to have kink with it because some guys just don't want to do that, which is fine, but not preferred. <laughs> it's just, they don't care to know about knots and stuff. So like any sort of proper technique techniques like tie they'll like see what they see on tv where it's like a one single strip over the mouth or something like that and they'll be like this is how it worked on tv so it must work in real life and they just don't get they don't know and i can't blame them for that it's not like they put in like the hours and hours and like months upon years of research that like all of us kinksters do 
I'd say the biggest surprise that I would get, not necessarily a surprise from someone vanilla doing something that like surprised me or impressed me. More likely it's somebody who I thought was vanilla that isn't, which I have come to find out that people who know me in my personal life think the same thing about me. They think that I'm extremely clean cut and vanilla and then they find out what happens behind closed doors and they're like, oh shit. And it'll even be something small like, oh yeah, I tried poppers for the first time and they're like, what? Or like, I own a roll of duct tape and they're just kind of like, you deviant. I'd say that there's definitely obviously a very big difference between doing stuff with somebody vanilla and doing stuff with somebody who's kinky. I've just kind of, from my experience, learned to expect different things. Like if I know, because I've talked with them, if I know that they're kinky or if I know that they're vanilla, I sort of know like, okay, so then we don't have to worry about having the very long conversation of like, like here are all my soft ones, my hard ones, my soft limits, my hard limits, because they probably don't know what that is. They probably just think normal vanilla sex, that is it. And so then I'll just kind of only expect normal vanilla sex. But then when I know they're kinky, I'm like, okay, great. We can go through the Homer's Odyssey of stuff that we like and don't like and go through our like lunch menus of (laughs) I am into, yes, piss play, puppy play, pet play, all the peas and (laughs) go down that line. And we send each other like our like 100 plus item list. And we go, I expect a pop quiz. Uh, Do your research. I want references. Like kinksters are very thorough. I'm a planner. So I need to have everything like systematically written out for things to like be cool in my head. And so I think the good luck task, like the good luck thing on my list is literally just tickling because I'm not ticklish. But like, if you want to try, go ahead. Just know it's not happening. I find that flirting is actually a lot easier with kinksters because when I'm flirting with somebody vanilla, I have to like have that sensor in my head of just kind of like, oh, they might think that this is weird. Oh, they might think that this is weird. But if they're kinky, then I'm just kind of like, oh, thank God. So sometimes I like to wear a pup hood and my name is Bunny. Like it doesn't seem that weird when you're talking to somebody who is kinky because they kind of already crossed that boundary of just like not thinking that it's weird. Because then you have to think about like, oh, how do I introduce to them that I enjoy being tired? up and told that I'm a good boy. Like, what's a natural casual way to bring that up over brunch? I have dated a good mix of vanilla guys and kinksters. I'd say more recently kinky guys because I'll be meeting them already with the preconceived notion that we are kinky because I've met a lot of them on Grindr and I now have in my tags on Grindr kink, bondage, leather, pup play, puppy play, stuff like that. So they already know unless they don't read the bio, which is a side thing that's a pet peeve of mine. Not pet play, pet peeve, just wanted to make sure. Haha. <laughs> Ah, funny. Anyway, um, and actually the last guy um, I went on a date with, I completely forgot that those are my tags on Grinder, And so we were talking about it and I was like, oh, I really like this guy. So how do I casually bring it up? And then I brought up something that they talked about on RuPaul's Drag Race. And I was like, yeah, they talked about Folsom and like puppy play and stuff like that. And he's like, yeah, I've always wanted to go. Uh, I don't know. Like, it's always interested me, but I've never participated in. And I was like, oh, well, um, I can't say the same for myself. And he's like, yeah, I know I can read. And I was like, oh, thank God. That's right. I forgot. I already told you. And so then he told me he's actually pretty cool with it. So that's a that's a win for Boy Wonder here. (laughs) Other guys seem pretty uncomfortable with it, though, if they're vanilla. So that's my experience. Or they have kinks that are completely different than mine. And like their hard ones are my hard limits. So it's already just a match made in hell. Usually I am the guy that's too kinky for them. But normally if somebody is quote unquote too kinky for me, it's because their wants are my limits. And then my wants are their, I wouldn't exactly say limits, but they're just kind of like, ooh, that's weird. Like pet play or puppy play. Like they won't be into that, but they'll be super into like castration play or like cock and ball torture. And I'll be like, oh yeah, my penis just turned inside out. I don't like that. Mm-mm, nope, absolutely not. <laughs> I feel like when you're dating somebody, just like when you're first meeting somebody, the sooner you talk about the stuff that you're into, the better. Because it's going to come up at some point if you want it to be a long lasting, like healthy relationship. Like if it's a one night stand, you can just pretend to be completely vanilla. And it's like, think of it as role play, role play a vanilla person. But like if it's somebody that you're trying to pursue a relationship with, the quicker that you're honest with them, the better. And make sure you don't present it as like, oh, well, like, I don't know if you're into this, but like, this is something that like, don't apologize for it 
it, just kind of be like, oh, this is something that you get to do if you want to do that with me. Think of it as like a positive, like you are inviting them into this world that you're a part of and not like they have to do it because they're with you. That's what I've learned from experience. So before we discuss this story, there is one thing I would just like to address quickly. Bunny, you are a good boy. Very good boy. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, I mean, what I find interesting is what, what he says about like how, you know, discovering that some of his friends are kinky and they've, ne- and they've never talked about it before. And because, I mean, that's, that's what's I- interesting. It's like, you know, like a, a superhero alter ego type of thing of like, you know, where everybody has the regular alter ego, you know, to go out to work and, you know, the regular world and shit. And then they have their like super identity. It's like, like a superhero or a villain or something like that and it's kind of like that that whole weird sort of thing of like well yeah it's like if you meet other keensters it's not going to be apparent right away especially if you're meeting them at school or at work or something like that like so well basically it's like if you're keeping that secret as a kinkster most other kinksters are doing the same thing so oh yeah like, you don't know how many kinksters you come across in your everyday life because we're all socialized to hide that and you know keep that under wraps and everything so it's it, it yeah it must be interesting that like for somebody that you've known that it's like oh you're also like into this that's cool like oh, yeah and as we've said it's becoming more normalized but no matter how normalized it gets you're not going to just go up to someone and be like hi i'm not i like to be tied up <laughs> hi i'm sevy hog tie is stared on my face <laughs> So it's just something that you wouldn't really bring up unless you know someone really well and have that kind of connection where you're just completely open and discuss anything with them. Yeah. I mean, but that's the thing of like, look at, I mean, I know people don't necessarily talk about like fucking or anything like that you know that like they're not that notch that nonchalant about that but i mean how it doesn't take that long for people to get to like sex or things like that i mean of course it depends on the dynamic and the setting and whatever but yeah i mean i've hung out with enough vanilla people to kind of see like you know it doesn't seem that difficult for them to just talk about like sex like yeah there's a little bit of a difference between sex and kink yeah because i guess unless you're celibate or have your own reasons everyone pretty much has sex yeah or tries to have sex (laughs) whereas not everyone has kink has their kinks yeah i don't know i'm like i'm not i'm not even sure if this is a necessary rabbit hole to kind of go down but speaking of bunny q 100 listeners groaning another rabbit hole but it just made me think of what's kind of happening with the you know with the with the don't say gay bullshit here in the states with like how conservatives are just completely trying to hide queerness from children and then people keep thinking like okay but like there are gay people like there's gay marriage there are gay parents raising children how does you know doing this kind of legitimize that and then like it's kind of like i mean you can't hide gayness anymore like you know like the g that genie is out of the bottle like it's yeah it's like now it's kind of more normalized and but people still try to just say it's too sexual um yeah it's like well because anytime gay people are affectionate or do anything you know do anything gay basically it's considered too sexual but nobody gives a fuck if a man and a woman do half as much things like oh yeah two guys can't get away with half the shit a straight couple can get away with don't expose children to sexuality but it's okay to fucking ask a toddler if they have a girlfriend you know that's another thing it's like to make toddlers like kind of be affectionate with each other of like you know holding hands and then of course it's if a little boy and a little girl holds hands or something nobody's gonna care but you know but people would probably freak out you know if it's two boys or some or two girls or maybe not girls but yeah yeah that's another fucking rabbit hole the fucking <laughs> two girls are okay i mean def- women definitely experience homophobia too don't get me wrong but there are a lot of people that like two guys makes me sick but i'll happily fucking watch lesbian porn and i don't know if you remember or even saw them probably around 2008 when gay marriage was like really it was up for debate but it wasn't accepted as much back then and there was though there were those shirts 
that said, I only support gay marriage if both girls are hot. Ugh. Like, that's so disgusting. Oh my God, yeah. Well, and then that's the thing. It's like, because it's over-sexualized, but with two women, it's like people sexualize women so much, so that's fine. But then they over-sexualize two men. So, you know, they say over-sexualize two men. So that's why if you see two men holding hands, immediately people's minds go to like, oh, they're, they're ass-fucking. Like, yeah, and you know what? If your mind goes to that, then that's a you problem. Yeah, like... Like if you saw an old couple holding hands and you're like, oh, I'm imagining grandma and grandpa having wild sex, you'd be labeled as a pervert. So why is it okay if you're a fucking homophobe doing it to a gay couple? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like it's, yeah. It's like, and then what's funny is something I even saw recently today is with a lot of like concert, you know, conservative politicians who wound up being pedophiles who have like things like that. Those are usually the most homophobic ones. And it's like, I feel like they're just trying to make gay people look worse than what they're doing. Yeah, it's disgusting. Because it's not about protecting children. I mean, children should 100% be protected, but that's not, I don't think that's their agenda. Yeah. It's stomping on gay people, trying to spread hate. We apologize for the little tangent, but these are issues that affect us all. Gay vanillas, gay kinksters, so it needs to be said, guys. Anyway, let's go back to discussing Chris. (laughs) I love (laughs) that. I know. I can read. Chris delivered (laughs) that line amazingly. (laughs) I, But yeah, it's like, uh, as somebody who uses, you know, who uses the apps, who uses social media and shit, like, I encounter so many people who don't fucking read anything like you know any any text they, they, they don't look at anything with text on my profiles and that just frustrates me so fucking much like it's like okay if you had just looked at my profile you would know that that i don't like you know i i'm not into this or i don't like talking to this talking about this or i'm not interested in meeting the fuck or you know something like that even on instagram i've noticed i get constant questions like oh where are you from how old are you my profile says aussie kickstart 30. That being said, it's Instagram. People are more attracted to the pictures. Yeah. So I'm not going to hold that against anyone, but I have noticed that I do get that question a lot. Yeah. It's funny that, like, now that we're speaking of that, like, obviously the kind of stuff I post is very text heavy. And yeah, it's like, I remember when I posted a visual story that, so there was no text in it. It was just basically pictures and a sequence that told a story. People seem to like that, but like, I got a lot of feedback from it of people saying that they kind of like when they could read something, you know, in my posts of like, that was just, you know, it was really validating, like, of course, but it was also surprising of like, wow, I didn't feel like it would make that much of a difference if I you know posted things without you know without saying anything about it without adding a story without doing anything like that i mean i like pictures regardless because god knows i don't post stories with mine but i noticed that when you see on instagram or I feel like it's more common on tumblr you see like one picture and there's like a whole fucking like story behind it someone's made up it does make it so much more interesting because you look at a picture and you're like oh that's hot but then you read the story and you've got the picture to accompany it. It just makes it so much hotter. You can go into that world in a way. Yeah. And Tumblr is actually one of the things that really made me hone in the skill was it was so fun seeing what everybody says about it. So somebody could even like have like a one sentence sto- like scenario or something for it. And then, you know, I would see it and reblog it and then like write out the scenario or something. And like, I mean, that was the cool thing I liked about it where you could see the kind of paper trail of like what people have commented or said when they shared it. Yeah, that's really clever. It's like, it's unfortunate that like Tumblr became what Tumblr is now. Oh yeah. I call it the elephant graveyard. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's still a lot of people that post on it. The one thing that really annoys me is the ones that have the sensitive mode or are marked as sensitive. So it gives you that warning and it makes you like view it through your dashboard. So you can't view their archives anymore because as soon as you click on archive, it's like this Tumblr may contain sensitive media. Go to my dashboard and go straight back to the homepage. That's probably my biggest grievance. Oh yeah, that's an issue. But I mean, you definitely find different things on Tumblr that you don't find on Instagram. Yeah. That's why I go through it, you know, occasionally, like every couple of months or something. There's like a lot of bound and gag shit and like bear bound and things like things from websites that are old or even like things from when gear fetish was a thing of like, that was kind of like a social network, but people posted their own content on it. And it was like a precursor to like what Instagram is now. Like, yeah, I've never been on gear fetish, but I have seen a lot of pictures from there. A lot of hot pictures came out of that. Yeah. And yeah, cause it went under maybe about a decade ago, like more or less. Yeah. But yeah, to summarize, I really liked that that guy was direct. 
Though, I think that might be a tad bit rude to say to someone on a date, which I'm guessing was a first date. I can read. (laughs) Funny, but a bit rude. Yeah, it's like, well, I feel like it could also be something like, if this guy isn't kinky, then, I don't know, maybe he doesn't understand how, like, sensitive, like, you know, a kinky person might be about, like, talking about that. But then again, he probably thinks that he was being upfront because it was, you know, hashtag kinky on his page. So, I don't know. So maybe the guy didn't think that he was, like, sensitive about it or, you know, kind of trying to downplay it or something. Like... Oh, yeah. From my point of view, that's not really the issue. I'm more thinking, you've got on your profile, you're kinky, and then you say to him, hey, I'm kinky. I feel like the tactful response would be, oh, yeah, I saw that on your profile. Not, I know, I can read. (laughs) I mean, it's funny, don't get me wrong. But yeah, I love that Chris shares some more insight for you all. Personally, I don't have that confidence to sell it the way he does. But if you can pull off the, this is something you get to do, not something you can do for me, that's going to give you an advantage when playing with a vanilla person. Show them how amazing it is for them that you're going to blow their mind. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, I I can't have that confidence. Like, you know, it's funny because I majored in communication studies and rhetoric and my persuasive skills are shit. Like I, I, I don't feel like I've persuaded really anybody to do anything. Like, Oh, so what are Brandon's colleagues is moving into state and he's getting a new job on good money and i said oh maybe he wants he'll let us both move in with him you're a nice person and i like to be gagged win-win <laughs> that would be a good like dating blurb on your profile i'm really fucking annoying but that means you get to gag me <laughs> hit me up guys you would think that more vanillas would appreciate that than they actually do yes like who doesn't love a moment of silence <laughs> well like going back to like kevin's recording of like he said like his hu- his husband's favorite thing about his kink is that he gets to gag him <laughs> yeah oh i'm gonna circle back to that bloody hog tie again that was one thing brandon said because i wanted to be untied it was the untie me i kind of want to be untied but i'll be disappointed if you do untie me and he's like no i'm not untying it you look good like that and you're quiet <laughs> That was really hard. <laughs> and guys, instead of saying you're high maintenance, you could say, I'm very thorough. It's funny because I tell people that I'm a lot. Like, I'm like, I just, I just kind of put it that way. If you haven't noticed already, then, then know it now. <laughs> I don't think I'm high maintenance. I just like to be tied up and gagged and fed. <laughs> and if my blood sugar levels are high or low, then I'll probably have an emotional meltdown. But I'm sure people who've spoken to me when I'm not my best <laughs> on social media can attest to that. It's funny because I feel like just my sense of humor can... I feel like through text... It just comes off a certain way. Yeah. Like if we're in person and I say something kind of bitchy, like the way I say it, it can it can tell you that I'm clearly joking. Yeah. But in tech, yeah, I feel like I come off as really bitchy or something a lot of the times because it's like, oh my God, like that sounded like a lot more mean than I kind of wanted it to. <laughs> like, oh yeah. It happens all the time. Because yeah, you know your context, but the other person doesn't. It's like, yeah, and you see the reaction, and it's like, ugh. Or if or if you get no reaction, then it's like, oh my god, like you know, I was, expect- I was expecting like at least like a quick laugh emoji or something in return. And then like you get like nothing and it's like, oh my God, did I piss them off? Or Yeah. Like I have a very cynical and sarcastic sense of humor. So that often doesn't come across very well on the internet. Yeah. That again, doesn't also come across very well in person either. <laughs> Not that people think I'm being rude, but I'll say things that to me sound funny. And then they'll just be like, what? Huh? I told my boss once, because we're talking about the sugars again. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm having issues. DNR. He's like, what? DNR, really? It's a joke. Relax. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's funny. I recently told someone that there's a lot of bitches in my family. He even kind of said like, like, oh, well, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> like kind of based on like me. <laughs> oh yeah, fucking, I open my mouth sometimes and I can hear certain family members. Please don't let me become them. <laughs> anyway, guys, if you like pups, bondage and reassuring good boys or good bunnies, hit up Boy Wonderbound with your laundry list. <laughs> All right, guys, that is it for volume three three of your dating and kick stories there's still more to go don't despair or despair because you're sick of it either either so we'll see you then as always i'm sammy and i'm nat have a great night guys see you next week